Welcome back to another Friday happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I am your Friday host, Samantha Marks. As always, thank you for joining us on this Friday. It is January 14th, a chilly one up here in Chicago, Illinois. I believe tomorrow it is going to be in the teens. So I'm not going to be taking this hoodie off, I think. Um, I think it might snow some today or tomorrow, but definitely we'll be looking forward to getting back to uh, sunny Florida, where I think a cold front is going through, which, you know, will be in like the 50s and 60s, but still cold for Florida. Um, It has been a eventful week in golf news. We've had some good news, some bad news, some happy news, some sad news. Um, We will start, I think, maybe with the sad news first. Um, get it out of the way. We've got um, Golf Channel's Tim Rosefort passed away this week. Um, if you haven't heard by now, Tim Rosefort was a veteran journalist, one of the insiders at Golf Channel, really. Um, he passed away after a brief battle with Alzheimer's disease. He was only 66. Um, he was one of the first people I ever met when I worked at golf channel, we worked directly across from each other. We shared like a little, um, cubicle area there at the golf channel office. And he did retire late in 2019. Um, after he believe he worked at sports illustrated golf digest and golf channel, um, most recently at golf channel. Um, but he worked at golf channel for over 10 years and, um, but he first appeared on golf channel back in the nineties. So he, you know, was definitely known as the golf channel insider and had all the inside scoop on what was going on with the tour pros. And he was very well respected and well connected when it came to the tour pros and just one of the most important voices in the game of golf. And so to, to hear that he passed really shook, shook the golf world um, as a whole. And it was, it was very sad to hear. He's always very nice to me, always very nice to any new person in the building, very nice to everyone. But I, I just, I did happen to notice that always very nice to the interns, very nice to the, the part-time people, the, um, the new people like me always reaching out and making sure to get to know us too. Um, and that stuck with me. Um, so very sad to hear of his passing this week and, um, sending, sending our best to his family in this time. Um, moving on from that, we've got the Netflix PGA tour documentary and there's this new, the PGA tour announced on Wednesday that there's a new documentary going, that's going to be on Netflix. Um, and it will continue. The filming is underway now and will continue throughout the year at PGA tour events, the players, and even all four major championships, including the masters, which was shocking to me. Five of the top seven players in the world are currently signed up to participate in the new Netflix documentary that will follow the stars, both inside the ropes and behind the scenes. Now here is um, a quote from PGA Tour Chief Media Officer. This partnership with Netflix presents the PGA Tour and four major championships an opportunity to tap into a completely new and diverse audience. This documentary will give fans an authentic look into the real lives of our athletes and what it's like to win and lose during a season on the PGA Tour. Um, If you guys have seen that movie, Formula One Drive to Survive, this is the same... um, company that's producing it is producing this film. Um, and 
Yeah. So we've got the top, the five of the top seven, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, and Xander Schauffele. Also committed, though, there's, I mean, huge list of people. Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Daniel Berger, um, Tony Finau, Sergio Garcia, Joel Damon, Ian Poulter, Max Homa. The list goes on and on, right? Um, also included is Kita Nakajima, the world's number one ranked amateur, will appear as he prepares to play in the Masters, which I'm super excited to see that kind of um, side of this. But among the names who are not included in the debut are Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, John Rahm, and Patrick Cantlay. So interesting list of names there. Now, coming out of that, We've got Bryson DeChambeau explains why he won't be a part of it. Okay. You're going to like this one. Um, this is from golfchannel.com. Um, here we go. Bryson DeChambeau was one of the few top players who declined an invitation. He explained why ahead of his appearance at the Saudi International. Quote, there's a lot of factors going into that. One, there wasn't a deal that was struck that was very well for my side of it. I love Netflix. I watch it. I have a great time with it, but just for me, it wasn't right at the present moment. Um, and then he goes on and say that he's very, very busy with his own content creation company and YouTube channel. Um, okay. Whatever that means. Um, and he says, quote, they're getting a pretty good look inside my life talking about his other platforms and just to have more people come in and go even further, which is almost impossible for what I'm giving out is too invasive for me. I don't want any more than that because I do have a life outside of that. Um, and then here's the good quote. There's a lot of great people on there. Speaking of the list that I just read, if I was to go on there, yeah, it would be cool to see, but I feel like there's a lot more interesting stories. You've got Harry Higgs. You've got numerous others. I don't want to take the light away from them for their potential to grow themselves in a manner that's unique to them. They have the opportunity to grow a lot more than I do in that regard. So what is that about? <laughs> um, I feel like that is just such a weird excuse or reasoning to not be in a documentary. I mean, he basically has a TikTok creation house um, in Chris Como's living room to begin with. Um, and now he doesn't want to be in this documentary because he thinks it's too invasive. And he's calling out Harry Higgs in this quote. I don't know. The whole thing just kind of doesn't sit right with me. Um, love Bryson. Love that he is always saying what's on his mind. I do have to respect him for that. but. Um, I just find the whole, the quote to be a little strange. Um, and that he says he doesn't want to take the light away from them as if he is like so much above them. I don't know. I'll let you dissect what you want to dissect from that. Um, we can talk a little bit today about the tournament at the Sony open. Um, I don't know if we should talk about the extremely low scores because this is, I mean, we're, two events into 2022 and already there's way too many 61, 62, 63s on the board. Um, Kevin Na, obviously defending his title this week at the Sony open. He opened with a 61 said he was disappointed that he did not shoot a 59. So that's, it's gotta be a pretty good day when you're disappointed that you didn't shoot a 59. Um, he is 38 years old, as we know, reading this from golfchannel.com, um, threatened a 59. And apparently there was not much wind at Wiley Country Club, which is pretty, um, you know, pretty strange. There's always 
win down there on the islands. Um, his iron play was spectacular and none of his birdie makes were longer than seven feet. So, um, he was just sticking them in there. Um, all day. Here's a quote from Na after round one. I played unbelievably well. I did everything well today and my iron play was amazing. My distance control has been great. I had a chance for a 59 and I gave it all I could. A little disappointed. My putts didn't fall. Some of the put good putts I hit didn't fall, but still a good round. Um, so looking at some of the other scores we have, Jim Furick, 51-year-old Jim Furick, had a hole-in-one and shot a 62, went off the lead. Um, and he, yeah, had a hole in one from 187 yards out on the par three 17th. That is his sixth hole in one on tour and his first since 2011 at the WGC Bridgestone. Um, and then, yeah, just looking at these scores, we've got 61, 62, 62, 63, um, Travis had said that he really liked Seamus power this week who sits T four at 63. Um, so that's a good pick so far. We've got Matt Kuchar at 64, Jason Kokrak, 64, uh, Maverick McNeely, I believe who was one of the picks on the DFS show earlier this week, 65, Billy Horschel, 65. Um, so yeah, these scores are stupid low Harris English, 66. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to fix this scoring too low situation, but um, I'm still a firm believer in the fact that I think we need to make these courses a little bit harder. I think we need to challenge these players. I think that um, these are the best players in the world and they need to be they need to be challenged and they need to be. They need to be challenged. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I think that there's a time and a place for a birdie fest. And I do think that those are fun to watch. I'm not saying that this is not fun to watch. I mean, I'm never going to say that, but I think that um, <clears throat> it doesn't need to be every week. And the last two weeks, <laughs> that's what we're getting so far in 2022. So that's your little recap of the Sony open so far. We've got some women's golf news now. Michelle Wee West is getting back into tournament golf. She is going to join the Corda sisters in the field at the LPGA tournament of champions coming up here in the next, uh, next week. So yeah, world number one, Nellie Corda, her sister, Jessica, Jessica's the events defending champion. will tee it up at Lake Nona. Um, and obviously the reigning player of the year, Jin Young Ko is not playing as we know, that was some big news when that came out. Um, but Michelle, we West, um, exercised her prolonged eligibility. This says here, and she qualified for the event because she had been eligible last year by winning the 2018 HSBC women's world championship. But the wrist injury that she had kept her out of the tournament championships in 2019. Then she was on maternity leave in 2020 and the beginning of 2021. So her eligibility carried over to this year. Um, so it's going to be really good to see her out there and, um, I really hope that she, that she plays well and I'm looking forward to watching her. I love Lake Nona. I live very close to, very close to that area. And that's, um, kicking off, uh, kicking off PGA show week. So it'll be super exciting to get to watch the women out there at the TOC. Um, also in LPGA news, the LPGA changed a rule, which, um, Beth Ann Nichols, um, has been pushing for very advocate, very big advocate for the LPGA and some much needed rule changes. Um, the tour will now exempt non-members who finish in the top 10 and designated events into the following week's tournament. The PGA tour has a similar rule, but basically if, 
if I was to go play an event and finish in the top 10, then that means if it was a certain event that I could play in the next week's in the next week's event. So um, these events do not include majors or tournaments that don't use the priority list to fill their fields. But if you remember Yuka Sasso um, could have benefited from this new rule prior to her winning the U S women's open last summer. So um, that, 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 it whole issue with her uh, not being able to play in Los Angeles the week after that, that wouldn't have happened. Um, so I'm glad that, that the LPGA is, is making those changes. And there's a lot of new, you know, changes in the, in the rules of golf, as we know, that came out in, in January 1st with the green reading books and, um, and the driver lengths and, and everything like that. So it's just good to see that that some changes are being implemented. And we know Mike Juan is with the USGA now, and we know that Mike did some great things for the LPGA and he'll continue to do so for, um, for the USGA. If you haven't listened to, um, uh, I believe it was Wednesday's episode with Jason Gore from the USGA. Definitely do that. If you haven't listened to Thursday's episode with Cam Smith's coach, um, Grant Field, definitely do that as well. There were some really great episodes this week. Um, and I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to them this weekend while you're watching golf and hopefully somewhere warm where you can get out and play some golf. But that is the news for this week. And I really appreciate you guys joining us. I like to keep it short here on Fridays for Happy Hour Express on the Stripe Show podcast. And I will say a cheers with my Diet Coke <laughs> and make it a great weekend, you guys. Thanks and we'll see you next week. Cheers.